0: Hey everybody, I'm Blaine and I'm Wayne and this is the Wayne and Blaine podcast episode number one being the first time we figured we'd take a little time to talk about what this podcast is going to be about and who we are just a little bit Wayne
1: that's right you know Blaine we've uh, we've been talking about doing this for a little while now but uh, we've been friends about four years and we just thought hey we've got some hot takes about sports might as well let some uh, fans also be enthusiastic about it Uh, so we're excited you know to get started here We'll have some hot takes. We'll have some uh, things you may love, some things you may hate. But hey, you know, you know, I hate the player, not the game, right, Blake? Yeah, we're all up
0: for some debate, and uh, we just figured there weren't enough sports podcasts out in the world, so we, <laughs> so we needed to make another one. Um, so yeah, that's what it's going to be about. We're not looking to find our niche uh, sort of audience here. We're just going to go at it and talk sports and things that we love. We've got a great lineup for the first show. We're going to be talking Super Bowl chances, college football playoff. We're also going to be mixing in a little college basketball, talking to Zach McRoberts from Indiana University Basketball, the first guest, agreed to come on with us, and he's kind of carved out a role for himself. We'll talk about it later when we get Zach on the phone, but it should be a great show. You want to stick around for the first episode of the Wayne and Blaine podcast.
1: Yeah, that's right. I'm really excited to have Zach on today. You know, We've been friends uh, since we were uh, in middle school or high school, I believe, and Zach now seeing him carve out a role is pretty exciting to get to know uh, somebody who's out there in the Big Ten uh, making a name for himself but yeah let's get going here Blaine why don't we just dive in
0: Wayne and Blaine episode one man that's right let's get into it
1: Wayne and Blaine
0: with your hosts Matt Wayner and Blaine wears Vicky.
1: All right, let's get started here with the starting lineup. Blaine, this is a segment where we just uh, get warmed up a little bit to see, uh, get those creative juices flowing, get those opinions going. All right, first question now, Blaine, who's your favorite to win the Super Bowl?
0: Man, that's so tough this year. The NFC, the playoff race has been so competitive. I mean, you look at a few teams that are going to get left out in the NFC that you think, okay, in the AFC, they might be making a push for the playoffs. But at the same time, You've got two teams really to worry about in the AFC, the Steelers and Patriots. Is that not just a destined clash for the AFC Championship game? We saw a crazy matchup that with that controversial call where Jesse James, the tight end for Pittsburgh, thought it was a touchdown, didn't end up with it. They got the same record right now. Patriots are going to get that home field as long as they win. They've got the head-to-head tiebreaker. So with home field, it's hard to see someone, you know, beating the Pats. You and I talked about this and you mentioned mm-hmm. that is like the easy way to go. Everybody's going to say that, but um it's hard for me to believe that that somebody can go into Foxborough and get a win we, we talked about earlier we want to like the Jaguars it's uh, fun to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. we want Blake Bortles uh to come up and lead his team and I think they can win a first round playoff game in the AFC but I don't see them beating the Steelers or the Pats on the road um man there's some good NFC teams that I mean I know I'm just talking AFC but Matt you like Maybe somebody from the NFC to take down the Pats or Steelers.
1: I do. I, oh man, the easy pick is the Pats playing, but you know what I want to talk about is the Rams. Show me a place on the Rams <laughs> that they aren't excellent. I mean, yeah. they got a great quarterback, they got an excellent running back, and a great defense. I mean, the it obviously hurts to lose Zerlin, but man, the Rams are good. In the Saints,
0: yeah. Best running back in the league, Todd Gurley, or are we leaving that to Le'Veon Bell? I mean, Ooh. Le'Veon Bell for my fantasy team is worth. Matt and I are playing each other this week in the fantasy championship, by the way. Yeah. So it's a pretty big matchup, but uh, you know, Le'Veon's carried me, but at the same time, Todd Ugh. Gurley has been unbelievable this year. Can like, can you could you say that uh, Todd
1: Gurley? We'll have to talk about it later. Let's move on. <laughs> Next question, Blaine.
0: All right, so we're talking about Stanton to the Yankees already a pretty loaded power team i mean we've this is like classic murderer's row type stuff that's i mean i don't want to say that like you know that's a classic team that maybe will never be repeated but i mean this is stanton added to judge who's you know we're up there with top home run hitters and then you can't f- forget a guy like sanchez who what he hit 33 home runs or something like that last yeah. year and then you got 250 plus guys uh, home run wise stanton almost reached 60 i mean How much does this affect the AL? The Yankees were already a competitor. I mean, they were right there with the Astros. He throws Stanton in. I mean, does this make them a lock for the AL pennant, Matt?
1: It it does not. I mean, baseball is baseball at the end of the day, okay? We're both, you know, former baseball players. Me continuing my career here, uh, Blaine. But anyway, I mean, we're talking about Judge, 52 homers last year. Just run through these stats real quick. Stanton adds 59 to a team that had sanchez with 33 Didi gregorius had 25 last year and so if you look at stats that's 140 home runs between three guys yeah
0: and playing in in that ballpark i mean that's that's a ballpark you can see some home runs go out when it warms up in the midsummer days uh it's gonna be a tough team to beat after yeah. how close they played the Astros. When you add Stanton, it's tough to see them not being a favorite. We'll see what it looks like coming. Nonetheless,
1: springtime. nonetheless, not a lock. Let's move on. All right, we're gonna talk about this a little more in depth later. But quick take: Who's your favorite for the college football championship?
0: I mean, if we're looking at who I want to win, it's got to be Oklahoma this year. Alabama and Clemson have had their turn. Georgia's just not.
1: I don't know. I'll they're
0: fine. Georgia. Georgia. They're not a sexy team. You know, they're just. <laughs> they're just like. It's just another SEC team, and I know they haven't won one in a while, but they're they're just not a. T- we want Baker Mayfield to oh, win. I, talk- right. I mean, some people hate him, but I just love him. He's just a stud, slinging the football around, yeah. dealing with a sickness right now. <laughs> and I saw somebody say that AFC, an AFC executive, somebody in the NFL was worried about his potential playing in the AFC or NFC North because he's missing out on a Disneyland trip before a bowl game. But I mean, that's another story. Hey, I think we'll I think Oklahoma. More later. It, it's got to be Oklahoma.
1: Oklahoma, I'm going to go with Bama, but we'll get into that more later. And last question here, college basketball season getting revved up. Give me one minute on what to watch for before March is here. I mean, it's so tough
0: this year looking at, I mean, the Big Ten in particular. Michigan State, every year, you know, they, they talk about Izzo being the great coach that he is, and he is a great coach. And some teams in the past few years not really living up to expectations come March. I think this year is different. And, Matt, you know that I'm not necessarily a Michigan State Spartans fan. There's right, no th- right. I mean, that's people who know me know that's not the case. But I'm telling you, I think they are for real. And if anybody's going to challenge Duke, who looks, you know, fantastic, mm-hmm. I think we saw them lose to Duke early. But Michigan State is legitimate this year. I expect them to make a Final Four run unquestionably. The last few years, I haven't even thought about putting them there in my bracket but I think it could be this year. What do you think?
1: Ah, Man, I love hoops, and you know this is my (laughs) thing, man. I was looking at this so long, and MSU is a team time and time again. I put them in my Final Four, and hey, I'll I'll bow down. I I really am a Michigan basketball fan, but MSU is good. But you know what I want to talk about? Duke's bigs. They are totally dominant. (laughs) Marvin Bagley Jr. is NBA ready, and he's hardly 18 years old. My man's had his driver's license for six months, I'd give him the keys to the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that's how good this guy is when you watch him. He's been dominating the NCAA, and my man's only 18 years old. So, I mean, that's all That's all i got to say. And I wish we could get into it more with Trey Young at Oklahoma. He's averaging 28.5 points a game and 10.5 assists per game. I mean, he's an elite
0: guard. We'll, we'll have to get into college basketball more in next week's episode. We're talking college football later on uh in this week's episode so we'll get to that later we got plenty of college basketball to talk about mm-hmm. long season ahead
1: mm-hmm. that was our starting lineup with wayne and blaine what's next blaine
0: coming up next time to move on to our podium winners and this week we've got uh, the category of best low budget sports movies we're going to look at our podium every week and that's a top three category our bronze silver and gold And this is a tough one. Matt came up with this one, really made me think on it. Um, so, Matt, we're going to let you get started. Low-budget movies, those that are don't have a lot of big stars and sometimes we're independent films. What do you got, Matt? Maybe lesser-known or more independent uh, films, low-budget. What are your top three?
1: Well, my number three, I love this movie, Luck of the Irish. It's a Disney Channel original movie about a kid who... Um, uh, he plays basketball. He's got to beat a leprechaun uh, to to save his girlfriend or something. And in the end, I remember they all sing "This Land Is Your Land." Sure, this land is our. That's a don't great they movie. go back
0: in time to like like Ireland hundreds of years ago yeah. to play like old Irish games or something? Yeah,
1: that's a great movie. Under three million dollars to make that movie.
0: Anyone man. over the age of like twenty five right now is like what? Like they probably episode one and our podcast is over for we them we already <laughs> lost them yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah number two for me i mean can you hate Airbud? it's a great movie absolutely not i mean you can't hate Airbud. and when you think about the relationship of the young boy and his dog and then you add in the clown and how much we all hate the clown in that movie i mean i i have trouble holding back tears if i'm honest um and I cheated with my number one pick.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm upset. Believe it or
1: not. So my number one is Rocky, the first Rocky. And I get it. You can say it's not a low budget movie. It, it cost $960,000 to make that movie. $225 million made in gross um, in the theaters. Uh, with that move, that's incredible.
0: Well, because this was before Stallone was what he is now, and he wanted to do this movie the way he wrote it, his way. Someone tried to buy the rights from him, and he said, "No, I'm going to do this my way." And that's why it was a low budget film. Like when I saw you put this on your list, I was like, "Oh, you cheater! Like I hate, <laughs> I hate you for this. Like your list is better than mine because." Rocky is the ultimate, maybe low-budget movie, period, not just sports movie. I mean, you've got to be kidding me.
1: So, Blaine, give us your three here. Give me your bronze, your silver, and your gold.
0: All right, for my bronze spot on the podium, I'm going to go with a maybe less or no movie. It's more recent. It's called Goon. It's a hockey movie oh, yeah. about a brawler. Yeah. I mean, this was not one that you went and saw in theaters, but... It's about a brawler who's playing minor league hockey. Yeah, it's
1: that dude from American Pie, Stifler. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> it's Stifler. He mm-hmm. has
0: a name, but uh, he's he is Stifler. We'll just yeah, call he's him Stiffler. And he's you know he's put on some weight in this one, and it's a good movie. It's it's kind of fun to sit down and watch him brawl with this all time minor league hockey fighter. He could barely skate when he gets on the ice, which does lead me into my number two. And usually, I like to diversify my sports movies, but I just couldn't leave a movie like Slapshot off the list. Mm. You know, Paul Newman in this one. Uh, but still, it's it's just a classic, another minor league hockey movie. who would have thought I'd have two minor league hockey movies in the show in week one. But just a classic comedy before its time. I mean, we see a lot of movies now that are really raunchy. That's kind of the way comedy has turned. But this was the raunchy comedy before, you know, a lot of raunchy comedies. And uh, it was a hit. So many funny, classic moments. Great lines um, that you really can't repeat as much because <laughs> of the content of the film. Um, and at Gold, my number one spot is, is The Sandlot. This is one with some all time quotable lines. You know, this one's a little more PG. It's definitely some lines that you can repeat. And that's what makes a great low budget film sometimes is you've, you've got this almost this cult classic, a community of baseball fans who hasn't seen The Sandlot mm-hmm. when they were a kid, who didn't love The Sandlot. Uh, don't tell me you didn't love The Sandlot, Matt. I mean, I know. Oh, we, I love it. I that's,
1: know, that might crack my top five. Of like favorite movies ever. Wow! You know, I was thinking about I wanted. I didn't know if Sandlot was under five million dollars or not, and we kind of bended the rules on yeah. that. But I wanted to go with Hardball. That was like ten million dollars yeah, to make. That's a classic. Key combos. Um, we go
0: into the shit, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we got. I got some honorable mentions for us. Angels in the outfield. Okay. The uh, Danny Glover uh, facing the Giants. <laughs> the Giants
0: is a classic <laughs> If you for remember sure.
1: that one? Um, Brink was a Disney Channel original movie. There's
0: a Disney Channel original I can get with the, yeah. the it's Pup Inside. The 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 skating squad, man. Oh, take, yeah. That's I mean,
1: it's classic. You got to take down the bad kids, but I right. think one of them becomes one of the bad kids. Yep, that's that what it was. Movie. And
0: Brink sticks with with his homies, with his heart. Yeah, yeah. He he j- and he cuz he was good enough to join the the good team, the mm-hmm. well, the bad team, but they were they got Big time yeah. skills on the vert ramp. And he had that slick back hair. That's, that's oh, an yeah. all timer. So yeah, Brink's definitely up there. That's a good pick. And
1: then Eddie's million dollar cook off. Can't go wrong with that.
0: Matt had a Disney channel, uh, Days, marathon yeah. <laughs> straight to TV, <laughs> Disney movie marathon, probably Dude. the last couple of weeks just to prepare for this. Yeah, segment.
1: If, if you're trying to like text me and you don't hear from me for 24 hours, I'm probably just watching Disney channel original movies at right, my house. Right.
0: Well, that should do it for our podium winners. And, uh, That'll kick us
1: into the main event. That's our big topic for the
0: podcast. And- so
1: so this is the chunk of it. This is the meat and the potatoes, Blaine. The main event uh, for what we got uh, today, we're going to do an in-depth analysis of the college football playoff as well as a couple New Year's Day bowls. But, um, yeah, for those of you who will be listening uh, to us for, uh, you know, a podca- podcast for weeks in the future, the main event, this is what we want to talk about Uh, for the chunk of our podcast we'll get going here yeah
0: that's why i said earlier we'll get into some college basketball we got a lot of college basketball season left college football is winding down so we figured let's get started on this uh for our first podcast episode number one diving into new year's day bowl games for a little bit but mostly college football playoff we've got a lot to talk about
1: it's time for the main event Uh, Let's get ready to rumble!
0: It's an exciting time at the end of the season, New Year's Day games. It's the classic day to sit down and watch some college football. We got some great matchups Uh, going into the first one. Michigan, South Carolina in the Outback Bowl. It's a noon game. So it's one to get us started. Uh, what do you like in this game, Matt?
1: Well, I'm trying to take my bias out of this. It's tough. I mean, Blaine, we're we're both, uh, you know, really like the Wolverines, of course. I think they win this. I think Brandon Peters is great. Um, I I think they let South Carolina hang around a little too long, and then they put them away late. I could see it being like 14-10 at half, and then Michigan ends up winning – to when they really get their feet under them. That's my bold prediction. Um, I've been so interested, Blaine, to see the way Peters has been responding to Shea Patterson. I watched this interview via 247 Sports this morning, and uh, they were asking him about Shea Patterson coming on, and um, he was like, well, it's like somebody coming into your house and stealing your stuff. This is a guy who's fighting for a spot. He throws four touchdowns on new year's day against south carolina on on that television i mean take that spot away from him i love his attitude playing
0: yeah you talk about uh being a fan of the michigan wolverines it's tough to analyze the game i think it'll be closer i don't think it's going to be a 28 to 10 game i think i see michigan pulling out a close one last time these two teams met up was the big play mm-hmm. Clowney knocking down vincent smith in backfield getting the fumble and, I mean, what's the over-under and how many times they mention that and show the replay of that in this broadcast? Right, I mean, I guarantee right. you we, they talk about it three, four times. Um, but anyways, Peters, yeah, I mean, this is like an early audition for him almost. You talk about Shea Patterson coming in, number one a recruit in his class when he came out. I see him really, as you talked about, being able to step up to adversity. Seems like he's got got that it factor. So we'll see how he does. He's really got something to play for in this bowl game. Uh, I see Michigan pull on a close one, something like uh, 27 to 21, kind of a fair. Maybe they're up by a couple scores. South
1: Carolina gets one late, but mm-hmm. I think I see Michigan taking this one as well. All right, let's move on here. Citrus Bowl, it's a 1 p.m. game. LSU and Notre Dame. Who you like there, Blaine?
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know this has been a really interesting year for LSU. Dropping that game to Troy, and then coming mm-hmm. back and winning some big SEC games. Right. I think we've seen in some of the bowl games that. Perhaps they haven't been as strong in the SEC as we might have thought. It's tough to say. You get different matchups. But I really do think Notre Dame's a good football team. They slipped up a couple times. But, man, like what they did to USC. Right. I mean, that yeah. was just brutal. I think Notre Dame's going to be prepared. crowd will travel well. Notre Dame fans all around the country. Mm-hmm. We, saw, um, we saw them take down some pretty good opponents this year. The one-point loss to Georgia, who's in the playoff. Close game that practically ended up being a home game for Georgia as their mm-hmm. fans traveled up south then. I'm gonna take Notre Dame uh, over LSU in this game in the Citrus Bowl.
1: Oh wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna butt heads here with you, Blaine. I'm going LSU 24, Notre Dame 14. I think Notre Dame is really gonna struggle if Danny Etling can get the ball to his athletes. I mean, he hasn't thrown a ton of touchdowns this year or anything. I think he had like 11 uh, when I looked at the stats. Sorry, I don't have it officially here. Um, but if he's able to get the ball to his athletes on the perimeter, Notre Dame will really struggle with that. Um, otherwise, this one will be real close. Like I said, LSU, 24-14. Um, next one, what we got? Auburn UCF in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. twelve thirty sandwich between those
0: two games. Uh, really intriguing matchup here. You've got the, the non-Power 5 team coming up. UCF mm-hmm. undefeated at the end of the year. Um, Auburn, a team that up until the last week had, they were they were looking to make the playoff right, but, they, yeah. but they they lose that game against Georgia after they smoked the Bulldogs earlier in the year. So all of a sudden they're playing UCF. Um, do you think they've got something to prove in this game still?
1: Uh, you know Scott Frost, he's making his way over to Nebraska. I'm scared for the Big Ten now. He's going to be a great addition there. He's going to get them playing within a couple of years. I think he's going to be a great coach. That's going to be a great fit for him. Um, but Sorry, Scott. I think Auburn takes this one 35-31. I think they win by virtue of just being the best non-playoff team, in my opinion. I mean, they have a great resume. Their only losses are to Georgia, LSU, and Clemson. They're a nine-win team. That was an early loss to Clemson. I'd like to see them play again, even. I think this Auburn team's uh, really good, especially with the great late win against Alabama. What do you think?
0: It's always tough when you get these kinds of matchups. You wonder... Has UCF's competition been enough? They're undefeated, but has it prepared them to play a team uh, like Auburn? But uh, when you watch other bowl games with teams like Memphis and USF struggling with a team like Texas Tech, who finished Mm -hmm. 6-6, it makes you think, okay... USF was right up there with UCF. They had a close football game, Mm -hmm. and USF really struggled with Texas Tech in their bowl game. I just don't think the level of competition's there. I really want to pick UCF. and You never know in a bowl game like this, with time to prepare and a really potent offense, who knows what they're going to throw in. Think back to those Boise State days when nobody thought they would beat teams like Oklahoma, and they pulled it off. But yeah, I got to go with you. I think Auburn is going to have just enough in an offense, and they're going to beat them up in the trenches. They'll move the football on the ground at will, I think and they're going to score enough points to hold off UCF. I think Auburn wins this one as well.
1: So this is where we get a little more in-depth for the college football playoff. Obviously, those two games are on the first on New Year's Day. It's a 5 p.m. matchup, Georgia and Oklahoma, and then it's an 8.45 p.m. game, Clemson and Alabama. That would be the Sugar Sugar Bowl, the 5 p.m. game, Georgia-Oklahoma. The Rose Bowl, of course. Uh, should we start with the Rose Bowl here, Blaine? Yeah, um, why let's not? Just, let's just go team by team here um what do you like what are you scared about when it comes to this matchup georgia oklahoma um you want to just go ahead start off with georgia what are you thinking
0: you know i talked earlier in the starting lineup that i like oklahoma they're the team i'd like to see come away with this um but this will be an interesting matchup oklahoma obviously playing in the big 12 against what people would call not you know some of the best defenses they see so they've been slinging around scoring a lot of points and baker mayfield's good they are going to score some points against mm-hmm. Georgia. But this won't be quite the same as some of those Big 12 shootouts. They're not going to put up 50, you know, on a team like Georgia. They went into Ohio State early in the season, got a big win against a solid Ohio State defense. Uh, but I don't think they're going to score more than something in the 30s here. I like Oklahoma to beat Georgia just on the fact that they've got some great young receivers that Mayfield's been able to to uh, connect with this year. They talked about him being ill. But I think that's just a precaution saying, hey, he doesn't need to go to Disneyland when we're preparing for a chance to win a national championship. I don't think I'm going to put too much weight in that. And obviously winning the Heisman in a landslide, Mayfield's going to lead this team. It's on his shoulders. The other thing you talk about is is the defense for Oklahoma. Not too sharp at the beginning of the year, but as the year moved on, Oklahoma's defense improved to the point where I think they can sort of hold off Georgia and that freshman quarterback in a big stage for the first time. Uh, in a semifinal, that's a lot uh, that's a lot for from a, f- a freshman quarterback coming mm-hmm. in in the rose bowl semi-final game sure he's played some big sec games won an sec championship it's a whole other level when you're coming up against a team like oklahoma with a heisman winner on it
1: yeah i just couldn't fall in love with georgia this year you know they have two really good running backs i remember watching um both nick chubb and sony michael in high school some of their tape when they were at like um, elite 11 game or that would be the quarterback yeah. the seven-on-seven seven stuff, right, right? and being very impressed with them then. I mean, now it's coming to fruition. Being from Indianapolis, the Colts really talking about getting Chubb um, this year as well and with that number three pick. But I just can't fall in love with them. Look, at, I mean, I'm looking at this resume. They've been great. We got it up here. I mean, just huge wins throughout the year, 53-28 against Missouri. They have the ability to put up a lot of points. They took care of Florida, took care of South Carolina, and then that weird loss against Auburn, 40-17. to 17. Other than that, I mean, really, everything on paper points to Georgia being able to take care of of Oklahoma. But I wanted to, to bring up a couple of these statistics when it comes to Oklahoma. Um, they haven't scored less than 30 points this year except one game, and that was 29-24 win over Texas. Uh, they're going to score against Georgia. They're, I don't think they're going to have many issues scoring against Georgia. Um, Mayfield, his numbers are unreal. He's got 4,340 yards, 41 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 71% completion rate. Um, is Georgia really going to be able to defend him? And we talk about that illness, but this guy's going to step up in a big way, I think, in this game. Yeah, we. the
0: thing is with me, we talk about, you know, the SEC is certainly, people talk about it being down, but it's tough. The SEC West is tough. I just don't see Georgia having a really brutal schedule as we look throughout the year. They split with Auburn, who's definitely the best team they've played all year. But, I mean, Tennessee, Florida, some of those schools really struggled. Mississippi State was okay at times. They
1: had Notre Dame the,
0: early. The Notre, the Notre Dame win is obviously the most impressive early on in the season. As we look through, I mean, Vanderbilt, Missouri, South Carolina, I'm not sure. I mean, they finished 9-3, and three, but... We'll have to see how good they are when they play Michigan News Day. I just I think this is really going to be their biggest test. I would be surprised if they were fully prepared to stop this Oklahoma offense. Mm-hmm. And boy, I wish we had one of us to kind of play devil's advocate here, but it seems like we're both kind of on the sooner I know. train. It's
1: it's so tough though. I really I like Mayfield. I'm I'm predicting forty-one thirty-eight Oklahoma. So Oklahoma is going to advance for me into the into the championship. What do you say?
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'm going with Oklahoma. I said it earlier I I like them. I want them to win it all. Um, we got Clemson Alabama matchup to talk about next. Yeah. That's that's a whole a whole nother ball game. But I, I like them to beat Georgia for sure.
1: All right, let's move on here. You got the eight forty five p.m. game. This is going to be great. I mean, there's a three year dynasty right playing um, Alabama and Clemson um, to lead off for me. Um, I'm pretty impressed with Alabama just because of Nick Saban. Obviously, their resume is an excellent. Everybody was. Complaining about ohio state should be in that four spot i don't know It's alabama isn't it and same way as i said earlier baseball is baseball yankees got to play that game alabama is alabama and everybody's gonna have to play them eventually and clemson i'm sorry kelly bryant isn't deshaun watson and deshaun watson was able to do whatever he wanted against uh, alabama for a couple of years and i don't know if kelly bryant is gonna have enough um real quickly i'm going to look at these stats here for you um alabama is scoring 39 points a game clemson 35 alabama giving up 11 and points a game clemson 12.8 alabama 465 yards a game clemson 448 yards given up alabama 257 clemson 277 i think they're just a little bit better in every category
0: yeah, at the same time, I'm looking at Clemson and, and maybe Bryant's, I mean, he's certainly not Deshaun Watson. He's, you know, a much younger quarterback. It's his first year uh, as the starting quarterback at Clemson. You look about the the one loss they have to Syracuse, which is pretty inexplicable, but Bryant gets hurt in that game. They lose to Syracuse on the road in the carry-dome, 27-24. Every other game, it's been fairly dominating. I mean, they had a close matchup mm-hmm. with Auburn where neither offense could seem to get going early on. It was only Bryant's second game. First game was against Kent State, and that's just a tune-up game for them, 56-3. to Take down Auburn by a touchdown. But, I mean, look at what they did to Miami in in the ACC championship game, 38-3. to It wasn't even a contest. They're firing on all cylinders, 34-10 to in their rivalry game over South Carolina. That was South Carolina, their third loss of the year. Um, I really, really think that Clemson is better than some people think this year, even though they have the one seed. I mean, I think people are starting to have, they have a little bit more doubt this year, which is strange to me. I do think that their defense is capable right up there with Alabama competitively, and I've this over so much, Matt, and mm-hmm. it's so hard to pick. Even with Bama, a 4 a a 1-4 matchup just doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Even with Bama being the 4 seed, it still feels like a 1-2 game. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people are claiming this, the championship game, which I don't like because we talked about Oklahoma. I'm feeling good on them this year. They've They've let a lot of people down in years past. I think Clemson is going to pull this one out against Alabama. I mean... They've played some tough competition in the ACC this year. I think the ACC deserves more credit, uh, especially when you're looking at the SEC, that gets a lot of credit. I really like Clemson. I think that it's going to be a 1-2 matchup in the championship game.
1: So I, I, you know, The way that I had said it before, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go Bama over Clemson 24-21. Like you said, it's a 1-4 matchup. It feels like a 1-2 game. This could be our national championship game, um, but if if uh, if Mayfield and Oklahoma look really good in that semifinal game, we could have a very exciting. Let's uh, just say this.
0: Let's just say that, like honestly, whether you're a fan of Georgia or Oklahoma, whatever, I think a lot more people are going to be more excited, and I think this national championship game gets better ratings if Oklahoma. I mean, clearly yeah. with a Heisman yeah. winner and a personality like Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. I want Mayfield against either Bama or Clemson. Yeah. Big time championship game, especially a guy like him was a walk-on a couple times, worked his way in, senior role where he's just a stud, man. He's the best player in the country this year, and it's not even close. I want to see him try and sling that football around Mm -hmm. against a defense like Clemson or Alabama. That will be a true test. I mean, that is the title fight that college football fans want and deserve this year. So,
1: Blaine, for what you have, you've got a Clemson-Oklahoma championship. Uh, You go first. Um, What are you seeing in that championship game? It's tough
0: enough to pick... Semifinal games yeah. and then
1: you go to this title game i mean
0: it's for me it was we saw bama beat clemson a few years ago and then last year clemson beats alabama i will be honest with you i gave clemson no chance last year mm. to beat alabama this year i'm taking them to beat alabama in the semifinal game and they're just so impressive i think oklahoma has been so good their offense has been so fun to watch but i think that the clemson defense is sharp enough to prevent Mayfield from having that 40-50 point game. Mm-hmm. I think if they keep them somewhere around 30, 31 point kind of thing that Clemson's going to be good enough to force some turnovers and to kind of establish the ground game. Bryant's going to make some plays and kind of show people on a national stage that he's got what it takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, really nothing more than just feeling. It's I mean, I don't know how we could really break it down and say that we think either team would win. I'm going to have to go with Clemson. Um, to repeat as a national champion this year and kind of start keep that dynasty going with Bryant coming back could be a scary force
1: in the future I'm gonna so my championship then Blaine is Oklahoma and Alabama and in my championship I do not see Mayfield tearing apart Alabama I mean you look back you think is some of those situations where Johnny Manziel was able to take care of of Alabama and Mayfield, in my opinion, is better than Johnny Manziel. Uh, is that a hot take? That's I mean, that's
0: just high praise, Johnny yeah. football. I mean, in very there are a lot of similarities between the two people. Job
1: correct, yeah, sure, yeah. But anyway, Blaine, I I don't see him just tearing apart Alabama. I think this is a really fun competitive game. We've had great national championships for the last four or five years. Nothing to complain about. I think Alabama takes care of business 20, 28 to twenty four.
0: I'm going to take Clemson over Oklahoma, 38-31, in a close game. I mean, I'm going to see him leading a final touchdown drive.
1: So we both like the winner of of Clemson, Alabama, to be the victor. Yeah.
0: But I, I think we could agree, Matt. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'd love it to be Oklahoma. I'd mm-hmm. love to see Baker Mayfield right. win a national title.
1: He's hard not to like. I, I like Mayfield a lot, too. I love his attitude and whatnot. All right. And with that, that moves us into our interview time. And for our first interview on the Wayne and Blame podcast, number one, we've got Zach McRoberts, basketball player for Indiana University. We're very happy and glad now to have on uh, Zach McRoberts, uh, redshirt junior at Indiana University. Um, Zach, you graduated high school in uh, Carmel High School 2014. Go Hounds. uh, Yeah, go Hounds, that's right. Um, And then you played a year at Vermont. Uh, before transferring to Indiana um, after your freshman year. then you took a year off and uh, came back to hoops as a preferred walk-on last season, playing about 11 minutes a game, and then this season a a little bit over 20.
2: Is that right? Uh, I'd have to check the stats, but I'll I'll take your word for it.
1: (laughs) But anyway, you've certainly carved out an important role for the Hoosiers. Um, You've had just as much value as plenty of these scholarship guys. Zach, thanks so much for your time. Hey,
2: thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Um, So, anyways, we'll just get this started here for our first question. Get it going. Um, Tell us a little bit about your evolution um, kind of as a player at Indiana, starting as a student to then being a walk-on to then being, you know, a very important piece of this team. How do you feel like you were able to be patient and make a role for yourself?
2: Uh, You know, just starting out as a student, just always being around basketball my whole life and then taking a year away from it. And then uh, obviously wanting to get back into it. It was a good opportunity for me here at IU. So I um, decided to get back into it. And uh, Coach Green gave me the opportunity. And then obviously Coach Miller coming in also was giving me the same opportunity to stay on and then just uh, staying with it, um, working on my game, being in the gym, um, just working and trusting it really. And then uh, just carving out a role.
1: And what was that transition like then from moving to having Crane, um, obviously in your first year, and then now having Archie?
2: Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a transition. I think uh, guys are getting used to the different styles of play. Um, that's obviously uh, with a new coach comes different uh, assistants, different styles. Mm-hmm. So it's just guys got to get used to that. And uh, I think guys are really getting, getting uh, more comfortable in it. Yeah, so that's great.
0: Zach, we we've got to talk about it. Uh, the great play, the huge rebound you had over Bonzi Colson um, to help beat Notre Dame, and the dish, Juan Morgan. Uh, what's going through your mind right. when you make it in the play? Uh,
2: I got a very similar offensive rebound earlier in the game, and I missed a layup. I missed a layup, and I was like, I knew I knew some people would be open. I had a lot of guys on me, so sure. originally when I got it, I just was looking for somebody. I was going to dribble it out, and then I saw Jawan cut, and it was. Uh, Ended up being a decent play for us.
1: Uh, <laughs> Do you think Bonzi <laughs> forgot to box you out, or what? You blame him, yeah, yeah. or is it disrespect?
2: I, mean, I don't think. I think I just got a good bounce, and uh, didn't obviously didn't box out super hard. I was able to jump up and get it, and then uh, you know, sound you want.
1: Did he give you any love after the game for that?
2: Uh, no, just a good game, <laughs> <laughs> just going through lines, and really talk to him. But, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. But you don't really expect that.
1: No, no kidding. Well, that's obviously, I mean, that was a great play, a huge win. I'm sure the, the IU faithful will stay off your back for another week after that. A whole week. A whole week, that's right. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned Jawan as well, um, being, uh, you know, making that big cut for that huge play against Notre Dame. I mean, he's been a huge part of your offense, you know, averaging over 15 points a game. Um, he might even be up to 18 now. Um where would you stack up, Jawan, as one of the top players in the Big Ten?
2: Yeah, I think he's been huge for us. Uh, just being that reliable guy, guy every night, uh, you know what he's going to give you. You know he's going to work hard. Uh, somebody who's going to get in the post, uh, look to score, but also he's not going to going to be a black hole in there. He's always looking to pass too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just always looking to uh, look to make guys better, really. So he's he's fun to play with. Love the way he plays. So uh, he's been
1: huge. Mm-hmm. And it and it sounds like I mean from what I've seen him say, uh, as well that um, you guys have started to kind of develop a a friendship on and off the court. As he's been saying, you know he hates to go against you in practice, really giving you yeah. some love as a part of this team this year. Um, how's that friendship kind of been forming throughout this season compared to yeah. the last? I think we just we
2: compliment each other well on the court. I think we both both try to play hard, both try to you know just just make things happen. And so I think we've been able to. Uh, kind of formed that over the over the past couple of games, so it's been good for us.
0: Zach, you know, the the Big Ten's always such a competitive league, and this year, again, you've got teams like Michigan State looks fantastic, and Indiana fans don't want to hear this. Purdue looks pretty good this year. What's going to be the yeah. key for you guys going into the tough matchups with great Big Ten teams and competing this year?
2: Um, you know, just being ready each and every game. Uh, that starts in practice every day, I guess, just building. Uh, Building what we've done in the non-conference, and then those two uh, two early Big Ten games are big for us to build off of, and uh, hopefully, you know, study the film, get ready for Wisconsin coming up, and then uh, just uh, the Kohl Center is always a tough place to play for us. So, uh, just studying the film, being ready, um, and just one game at a time, really. So, so, I mean,
1: you've got you've got two tough road games coming up here this week, right? You got Wisconsin, and. Yeah. then you- – you got the Wisconsin barn.
2: Then Minnesota, the barn.
1: The barn. I mean, and how I have, is this your first time playing in the barn, or you played there last year as well? I
2: played. I played there last year too. It's a really cool place. Yeah. They raised four and the the old, the old feel to it. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, I've always kind of had a theory. They kind of have trouble defending the barn, um, but you know they they do play they play well at home. I'm excited for that game. I think you guys actually match up pretty yeah, decently. Good one, hopefully,
2: but uh, I, we obviously hasn't. Obviously, I haven't talked about it. We just got Wisconsin, so yeah, it'll be interesting to
1: interesting to see. Maybe
0: what's the toughest? What's the toughest road game in the Big Ten? Toughest place to play? Toughest
2: place to play. I Obviously, haven't played everywhere because last year was right. my first game, right? Or last first year. Um, I'm trying to think. Tough, obviously, Purdue for right. us going so, in there is always hostile. It could be right. in Indiana. Um, I think we've had trouble with Wisconsin too. That's been that's been tough for us. So I'd say. That I've experienced Purdue in Wisconsin.
0: Cool. I yeah, mean, I'm sure there's really not an easy place to play in the Big Ten. Uh, yeah, so I think everybody's yeah. geared up and ready to go. Yeah.
1: And we've we've talked a little bit about the uh, you know the IU faithful, some of the expectations that come with that. But how about what what are some of the most fun parts of just playing at Assembly Hall and um, some of these other Big Ten stadiums?
2: Uh, I mean, our fans are great. They're always they're always there, whether it's afternoon game, late game. Uh, they're always they're always there. They're great. Uh, and then, obviously, just the building and Assembly Hall, just so much history behind that. And uh, it's just a really special place to play. I think even opposing teams have to respect that and uh, know they're playing in a part of history. So it's it's a great place to play.
1: Yeah, that's – yeah, that's awesome. I mean, when we just look at, like, the last few years of some of the great games have been played there, I mean, stuff not to remember the Watt shot and stuff like that. Yeah, IU yeah. fans will never let that one go.
2: <laughs> Watford for the win. Yeah. Yes! a big shot i think in in the history of iu basketball just sort of symbolizing that return obviously that that uh, slump we kind of had but then that shot kind of symbolizes how they were they kind of brought it back and then hopefully yeah. just continue to build off that
1: and even i mean talk a little bit about like earlier this year you guys had duke at home i mean assembly hall filled up for that one what was that experience yeah. like
2: uh, that was sim- that's that's always a crazy game. That the two Big Ten ACC challenges I've been in have been North Carolina and Duke. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously they're they're crazy. I yeah. think remembering the first time I've ever heard such a loud noise was North Carolina, like after a timeout, and the crowd was crazy loud. And then I'd mm-hmm. say the Duke game was similar, uh, similar atmosphere. It's just it's just crazy to play play in.
1: You know, earlier in this podcast. Uh... Blaine and I were going back and forth about Marvin Bagley. Uh, what was your impression being on the court with him?
2: Uh, he's he's good. He's pretty good. <laughs> I remember uh, the ball screen coverage is really hard to cover. Uh, they came off and just Grayson Allen threw a line drive at the rim, and Bagley just dunked it. And It's, it's always hard to defend that. So uh, he's he's been playing really well this season.
1: Yeah, he seems to move pretty well for a big guy. <sighs>
2: yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely agile. Uh, he's quick, so it's always it's always a, a good combo. Yeah.
0: Well, Zach, we uh, we really appreciate uh, you coming on with us. Rising star in the Big Ten squeezing out a little time for us. Uh, so enjoy the media tour that you surely have coming up with your uh,
1: – <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much, Zach. We'll talk to you later. Yep. All, All right, right, see ya. I mean, that's great. It's so great to get to have Zach on Blaine and just to hear some of the things he was saying about the Big Ten and giving praise to Juwan. I mean, as we look at like some of the, the interviews and the media and whatnot, I mean, the relationship between him and Juwan is so cool and the way he's able to really carve out a role for himself at IU. I mean, it's spectacular.
0: Yeah, everybody loves to see that walk-on story too. I mean, we mentioned it earlier in our main event, talking college football, love seeing Baker Mayfield getting chances to walk on and- Hey, Zach McRoberts, can we put him at the same level as Baker Mayfield right now?
1: <laughs> hey, maybe next year. I mean, early prediction that uh, Zach <laughs> might, might find himself a scholarship spot next season. I mean, he played 27 minutes last night against mm-hmm. Youngstown State. I don't think it's too early to to think that he's a really valuable, valuable right. part of this IU team.
0: Next year's a senior year, too. You know, we get the redshirt senior year. It'll be just like Baker. So mm-hmm. national title for Indiana. Uh, Naismith Award winner Zach McRoberts confirmed
1: right I mean he's got (laughs) Zach McRoberts confirmed I mean Blake he's got he'll have three years um, under his belt next year he'll be a redshirt senior he's experienced he's smart he knows what to do with the basketball he works hard I mean can you really ask much else I mean those are the types of guys you and I love to watch when it comes to college hoops
0: Especially you've got some turnover in Indiana's program, a new new head coach. It's nice to have some guys out there who can uh, really think for themselves and help their team out at the same time uh, out on the floor, a guy like Zach. So yeah, great to have him on. I thought uh, it was a lot of fun having him on for the yeah, interview.
1: It's great to have that stability. Well, that just about wraps us up here, Blaine. You got any final thoughts?
0: Yeah, closing thoughts for me. Looking forward to college basketball season. I know we didn't get to talk about it much this week with the importance of the college football playoff and some New Year's Day college football games. but We'll get into that pretty soon. We've got a lot of college basketball left. So just looking forward to getting uh, the turnover to a new season. And uh, looking forward to some high school hoops too. West Ottawa Panthers. Catch Matt and I on the call on Michigan Game Night all year. Look forward to calling games with you, Matt.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's one of my favorite things, Blaine. I mean, I look forward to that all week. Um, getting to call those games on Friday nights. Love the boys and just love uh, watching West Ottawa. I look forward to them having a pretty good season with a lot of seniors, you know.
0: Very loaded class at West Ottawa. So tune in on michigangamenight.com on Fridays. You get the chance to listen to some good hoops. Matt and I have a good time on the broadcast.
1: And also, I mean, we want to throw out our our Twitter out there, Blaine, at Wayne and Blaine, and then... You can contact us on Gmail as well if you got any thoughts on the show. We'd love to just hear from our fans, um, just hear from anybody who wants to de- wants to debate anything as well. Uh, contact us at Wayne and Blaine at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, i just like to be as interactive as possible, so mm-hmm. feedback's always appreciated after episode number one. We look forward to continuing the show week after week, and uh, it's been a fun first time, Matt.
1: That's right, and I think that we did it, Blaine. It's our first one under our belt. What do you know?
0: Yeah, first podcast. I'm sure it's going to be a little rough around the edges, but we'll get things smoothed out as we go on. Hey, but I had fun. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward (laughs) to continuing to have some fun on the podcast. We'll continue to make improvements, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys will stick around and catch a few episodes.
1: That's right. Thank you.